0: Kia ora, and welcome to the Aspire Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from, we pray this message inspires you to love strong, shine bright, and live free. Alright, so Exodus chapter 40, just as we come around uh, the Word this morning. And uh, I want to give, I guess, uh, just a, a little bit of a pep talk. Just while we're in this kind of preparation stage As a church, we're looking to kind of officially launch in February next year, and this time for this, this, uh, these Sundays for us to kind of move in here, uh, get things set up, figure out how it all looks. And we're open for business, but just we're kind of preparing uh, ourselves to really be a church that reaches out to uh, the unchurched and the irreligious and people who are searching and looking for answers. And so I want to talk to you about the presence of God. And, uh, and the power of His presence to really restore hope to people's lives so and to uh, particularly impact people. And I want, to, I want to sort of share a little bit around the time that we get to have together these, these sorts of services, which was great this morning. Love, I love you guys. I love this place. And, and uh, you know what? I've, I've seen God move in such powerful ways in services like this. We had someone a few years ago... He walked into our building depressed. Uh, his story is that he was suicidal, uh, was a messed up man and uh, full of hopelessness. And then after an hour and a half, so impacted by the presence of God, he walked out of that building completely transformed. And he, he shares, his name's Caleb. He shared his testimony some years ago here about what God did in just a moment. I want to let you know how powerful God is when he's allowed to move move in our lives and move in a in in a place and I'm just really excited about the opportunity that that we have in reaching people who perhaps have never stepped into a church before. We're doing this is not just about us, this is about the people who we're yet to reach. And uh I just love the way that God can tangibly shift things in our lives when He shows up and I want it to be it's so obvious that it's him and not us, right? And so uh this is just so good. I found this passage of scripture. It's not Exodus 40, so keep your fingers in there. It's 2 Chronicles 5.13. And I love this. It, it talks kind of about the worship service in an Old Testament kind of a way. It says the trumpeters and musicians joined in unison. This is 2 Chronicles 5.13. To give praise and thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets and cymbals and other instruments, the singers raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang. He is good and His love endures forever. Then it says, the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud and the priests could not perform the service because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. It's a powerful powerful thing to think about. I just want to talk to you a little bit specifically about the part that we each play in establishing and protecting spiritual atmospheres, where the presence of God comes in such a way that lives are actually changed. And it's not something that we can be disconnected from, but very connected uh, two, and so uh, this is something I've shared before in a, in a leadership context, or something I'd normally do in a leadership kind of kind of a way. But I just feel like because of where we where we are, where we are, and how we've got here, this is going to be applicable to us uh, as well. So if you're taking notes, I've entitled this message: Thermometers and Thermostats. Which is going to make a whole lot of sense in just uh, a little bit. So let me just pray, Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that uh, you, you haven't left us. We don't serve and worship a distant deity, but God, you're very near. In fact, Jesus, you said your kingdom has come near your kingdom is within us and we thank you for the privilege the opportunity to come together in your presence to worship you to encourage one another and be encouraged to be empowered for our week ahead i pray this morning this would be a help in jesus name you know in exodus 40 we read and we're going to read a small portion of text here that will come up on the screen we read how God was uh, looking for a place to dwell. Remember, this is in the Old Testament. And and so he was looking for a place to reside, to call home. And so he instructs Moses to build something for him, to build a temple, a, a tabernacle, and, and so that God could be present in that place. And he gives Moses really specific details about how to, how to do that, what kind of furnishings to put in this tabernacle and the layout of those furnishings and how, how we could then, they could then approach God and, and worship Him. And It says after Moses completes the building in verse 34 of chapter 40. Man, that's small on those screens. I'm sorry about that. Anyway, I'll read it out to you and you can kind of half follow it along. Uh, mental note make my slides bigger it says this then the cloud remember second chronicles that i just read out here's this cloud again here's this presence of god then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the lord filled the tabernacle moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it and the glory of the lord filled the tabernacle Verse 36 of Exodus 40 goes on to say in all of the travels of the Israelites whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle they would set out but if the cloud did not lift they did not set out until the day it lifted Verse 38 says so the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day and fire was in the cloud by night in the sight of all the Israelites during all Their travels. Now, that's a pretty, pretty cool passage, a pretty cool scripture. It's not just a one-off thing. This kind of continued to happen there. It actually says in the book of Numbers that at the command of the Lord, Israel would stay, or they would set out as they were encamped, and as long as the cloud stayed above the tabernacle, they would remain. It sounds amazing. It sounds pretty awesome. But, you know, in some ways, if you think about it and understand how God worked in the Old Testament, the Israelites in leaving and coming and going and staying and, 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 and whatever, they, they had very little involvement on what they could do. It was all God. And then they simply responded to that. If the cloud was there, they stayed put. When, when it lifted, then they were allowed to go out. And, and all, all that to say, under an Old Testament model, Israel were, were not initiators of God's glory. God came. He told them, I'm going to come here and then you, you, can, you can stay. They were not the cause of him, of him showing up, if you will. They could only react to what was going on around them. He's here. We got to stay, guys. Wait, nope. He's gone. We we got to go. And and God's proximity in the Old Testament was in some ways was sovereign. It was it was uninitiated and uncontrolled. Israel, you could say, was simply spectators to God's presence. And if we fast forward a few millennia to to today, and, and you know, Christ on the cross, first. Corinthians 3.16, which says that uh, we have now become the tabernacle. That God does not want to dwell in, in, in man-made things. He wants to dwell inside you you and I. He, we've become the dwelling place of God. And, and now God inhabits the praises of His people. You, 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 you find that happens when we start praising God's like, I'm coming down, right? It had happened, had happened today as well. And so no longer are we simply spectators of his presence but we've be, we become participants yeah. with him we become stewards we we become like God's co-workers that we would even be able to release his presence in places and environments because remember the kingdom of God is within you Jesus said it's closer than you think it's yeah. it's within us and we get to release it in places so and and we now have this authority to not just simply watch and respond, but, but we actually have this authority to, uh, to uh, shift and move spiritual atmospheres around us in, in, in places. Not just allow those things to speak to us or dictate to us or set the temperature for us, but actually to set them out ourselves. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so we can herald in his presence and create environments when we're together and when we're apart and places just like like today that become pregnant with his presence and in places that are pregnant with his presence a lot of amazing things can happen like people who are feeling completely hopeless can be have their hope restored uh, uh, faith can be released over people transformation can take place. I don't want to ever restrict or, or, or think that God can't do certain things when He shows up in a room or shows up in a place. He can and He has and He will continue to do that and He's done it, I'm sure, for, for, some, of, for some of us. We, we've had Sundays... <laughs> fortunately, a, a wee while ago where, where it just felt like the, the atmosphere was, was conducive to a funeral service, right? I won't, I won't ask for a show of hands because I was probably preaching it that day, but do you, you know, you, we've all had those times, man, I just don't know what was going on in there. It was just hard, hard, hard work, and, and it just happens. And and you know, I don't know if it, it just makes it difficult to speak and preach, and and all, all of that. So it feels like maybe the Holy Spirit's gone on holiday. Like, oh, what's going on? And we often, as a team, or sometimes just Caroline and I, on a, on a Monday, whoa, it's me. But just trying to figure out, like, what was it that that caused that to happen? To dry drier, difficult kind of a serve. Was it the coffee? Like is it, was the milk off, or something? Or was it certain people who may may have been away that day? Was it because the All Blacks lost the night? But I don't know what what it might have been. Did we not pray enough in the pre-service prayers? Are there demons in the roof space? It's just you start going on this witch hunt, trying to figure out why why did the Holy Spirit not show up like he like he has before? And 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 we try and kind of go into the details and pinpoint what, what it might be. And you know. over the years, I've, I've, tried, I've realized that trying to identify some nebulous, uncertain kind of a reason that may or may not be the actual thing is actually pointless and futile. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so I began telling our leadership one or two times, and I want to just cast this wider a bit this morning, is, is that the answer to that problem, when that sometimes happens, The answer to ensuring that we have these incredible God-filled moments and times together as we prepare to to just go wider into our, our community, it comes down to whether we see ourselves, every single one here this morning, as a thermometer or a thermostat. And again, I'll explain this in just a moment. Do you see yourself as a thermometer or a thermostat. And you can apply this analogy that I'm, that I'm going to share and hopefully you'll remember to any environment that you find yourself in that needs shifting. Any place, you can apply this at home, you can apply this at work, wherever it is, whenever you feel like you're coming up against something and the atmosphere or the environment is not conducive to God doing something in that place, You're gonna gonna know this. You want to know this. Am I being a thermometer or a thermostat? Let me explain. A thermometer, which uh, I don't know if there's one in this building, but it is by design simply made to gauge the temperature of a room, right? That's what a thermometer does. It can't change anything, it just simply records. This is how warm or cold the room is it's just a measuring instrument a thermometer says it's cold in here and that is the temperature fact you following me that's that's the thermometer I, I i i love uh the thermometer that's on the roof of the polar refrigeration place on Tehunanui drive right it, it flicks between the time and the temp and you're just driving past hoping it's on the time it's going to switch to the temp so you can see what what it is and our car runs a little too hot with the temp outside and, but uh the polar beer is always accurate people that's the it's a very good uh thermometer it's never wrong and so But but anyway, I'm just going to get on on track. A thermometer simply measures. It cannot control anything. A thermostat, on the other hand, it doesn't just measure the temperature, it sets it. A thermostat sets the temperature and it maintains the desired temperature. If the temperature drops, the thermostat will kick in and ensure that that room is warmed up is heated up and i want to suggest to you today that to see the kind of environments where god's presence is so apparent so manifest so evident so tangible so life-changing will not only be, be dependent on how well the the leaders may have prayed up or or how well i may have prepped for the morning or or how well the worship team may have practiced but the necessity of every one of us to switch from simply being a thermometer to a thermostat yeah. will change that very thing. From one who, who, who can not only gauge the temperature in a room, but one who will take responsibility to set that temperature Good. thermostat, to lift it, to control it, to ensure that that temp does not ever drop. And I just think the real success of our efforts in establishing kind of a a worship base here in this place in Tahunanui and then seeing others come and experience the goodness of God. It, it's not going to be my preaching like I wish it was. <laughs> and it's all right, I suppose. But... <laughs> and, and it's probably not going to be the coffee, although that's pretty good too, right? But, but it will be the great Holy Spirit. Yeah. It really will be. And it will be His ability to show up and minister to people. For God, to what I like to say, to show up and to show off not us but but Him, and we, we, ha- we can help Him, him do that. We can all play a part in ensuring the atmosphere of His presence is charged in this place and, and kept up. Let Let each one of us be ready to receive, be hungry, be expectant, and be engaged when you come here. Come on time, come early, where we start at nine thirty with coffee and cafe, creating atmosphere here so that when people have never been to church they show what is this this is amazing and then and then they come into this place and because you guys are all filled up and expectant and ready to go this place is charged with the presence of God and they will go wow do you know what I'm saying And, and so anyway I've got three points about thermometers and thermostats that Uh, Will help you really understand this, and I I pray that you're getting the analogy here uh, this morning. Number one, number one, a thermometer cannot change the environment, but a thermostat can, and and not only that, but a. A thermostat worshipper, I'm going to label us as thermostat worshippers, just I want you to remember this, I'm a thermostat. A thermostat worshipper can not only change the environment, they not only set the temperature, they not only warm themselves up, but you warm the room for others around you. This is a really important point to understand, uh, and let me explain it by telling you a story about my dog. So we used to own a, a German Y-head pointer named named Milo. And he was a great dog, an awesome dog. But we ended up having to give him away to a hunter because we, we really weren't giving him the life that he was born for. He was, he was a gun dog. He was born to chase birds and, and ducks and these sorts of things. And what's amazing about this breed, that's not our dog, but he looked just like it, was uh, that they point. Uh, has anyone ever had a pointer before? Uh, just us, right? And and so uh, what what they do is if they are in a field and they're looking for pheasants or ducks or the, the kind of thing that pointers chase after. I just threw a ball for mine, but but uh, when they catch the fragrance of the thing they're going after, what happens is they stop and they point, and they usually stop just. In fact, sometimes they can't see what it is they're looking for, but they can smell it. They get a they get a whiff of it and they do this pointing. And Milo would do this with cats. He would he would there's one cat that was in the same came from he saw it once and then every single time I take him for a walk he'd he'd crawl around this and then you just point. You're like, buddy, this is not working. and, and so and so But but pointers will do this far enough away from the prey to not scare it off, but close enough to show the hunter approximately where it is in the grass, and then the thing flies up and right. And well I was I heard this that if two pointers are in the same field looking looking for game and one catches the fragrance and it stops and it points. The other dog who may be a ways off and and isn't catching the fragrance of anything, if he sees the other dog stopping and pointing, it will do what's called honoring the point. And that second dog, though it hasn't caught the fragrance, will also stop and point toward the dog that has, even though it hasn't smelt anything else. And then eventually it will catch the scent, the fragrance, and it will begin to... Point properly too, and I just thought about that, and it's there. There are times when, you know, I've been here, uh, and certainly in in the city, and, and. Oh, man, I've just had a lot going on, right? We've had to set up things and stuff hasn't worked or I've not finished my message yet and I don't think the joke's funny enough. Just, I'm distracted and, and worship's worship started and, and I'm just not helping anything, right? I'm not building any atmosphere. I'm there, I'm, I'm with my own thoughts and, and I'm struggling to enter in. I'm, I'm distracted, I'm worried about the message. But for whatever reason, I've not caught the fragrance of the Holy Spirit. I, I don't know what, I don't know why, but and then and then you know what will happen usually. Like this is literally what what often happens. I look over and I see Alistair, <laughs> right, and he's just going for it. <laughs> he's he's going for it. Alistair is pointing, and 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 I don't, I don't know. And then I hear I hear like I hear Joe McLooney singing behind me. This is in the old building. Just oh man, he is going for it. And then I look over and Claire's dancing in the corner. And this is all of you guys pointing being thermostats and and what it does something and I start you know what okay I'm distracted I'm not there yet but I'm going to honor the point I'm gonna, I'm going to understand that he's caught a whiff of the fragrance of the Holy Spirit she, uh, she has and, and they have and so I'm now going to do that too until I catch the fragrance as well and that is how a thermom a thermostat works in, in this kind of environment when you are locked in on God it Will cause others to lock in on God too. It may not be in this environment, it may be somewhere completely different, but this is a great context to speak from. Don't ever think that you're not helping somebody else. You are. You can point, get a whiff of his presence and point for others because it helps. It, I'm the senior pastor and it helps me. It helps me. A thermometer worshipper cannot change an environment, but a thermostat worshiper can, and they will help change it for others too. Number two, number two, a thermometer reflects the environment, but a thermostat regulates it. It's it's really easy to walk into a room as a thermometer and just go, yeah, it's cold in here it's cold in here, isn't it? And tell everybody else, oh, it's pretty cold in here, isn't it? And, 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 and then you become cold as well and simply all you are doing is reflecting the room and doing nothing about it. You're just going, oh man, it's hard in here. Oh, it's just, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, you, you're just reading the room and, and that's great to have discernment, but listen, friends, discernment, having discernment to, to, to measure something or simply reflect something is one thing. But what, what we want is that discernment to actually bring you to actually shifting, shifting that. You see, it's another thing to say, you know what? It's cold in here, but I'm going to do something about it. Right? Like it's feeling kind of, I don't know what it is about here, but you know what? I can, I can still choose to worship and start pointing, right? I'd probably get on all four legs for that, but, but, but yeah. Each one of us can help bring the temperature up and whenever you sense whatever the environment is, the the climate of a place is that, let's just say, is not conducive to miracles because you are walking, breathing revival carriers, right? And whenever you walk into a room or a place where that is not conducive, an, an atmosphere that's not filled with hope, you need to understand that you have the authority as a thermostat to change it to shift it, to bring something else into that place. As I said, it's one thing to have the discernment to sense that change is needed. It's another to actually change it and help change that. I don't have time to to get into this, but but Jesus empowered His disciples in in the Gospel of of Matthew to to actually have authority in the spirit realm. He He said, I give you keys of the kingdom of God keys that would unlock things that were not physical but but spiritual things in matthew 16 he gave them keys of authority to bind and forbid uh, things that heaven forbids and to release on earth things that heaven wants releasing like we become these representatives of heaven where we come into agreement with what heaven is already doing and say right this place feels dry this place feels depressed I don't think that's permitted in heaven. So as a believer who's been given keys of spiritual authority, I am now going to release the opposite that I'm experiencing because heaven forbids this thing and I forbid it too. And the same is true with the opposite. You begin to release hope and joy in these dry places because heaven permits it. You and I have authority over spiritual things. Amen? Amen. Don't just reflect the environment that you walk in. Don't allow that to land on you and affect you and bring your temperature down. Regulate it. Bring it up. God's given each one of us, not just a sense when things need shifting, but the power to shift them. Man, there's something something so powerful about praise and the declaration that we get to make, even even praise that, oh, we can't see this, but a praise of declaration that goes out of this place, Into the heavenlies. I don't know what it's doing, but I know it's doing something good, right? Right. All right. Number three. Number one, a thermometer cannot change the environment, but a thermostat can. Number two, a thermometer reflects the environment, but a thermostat regulates it. And the last one here, a thermometer is only reactive. A thermostat is proactive. You see, a thermometer will just tell you what's happening around it. It'll just give you the facts, the cold, hard facts. It's this, it's cold, or it's flattened here, or, or something's amiss, so, Something, something's not right. It just reacts to the room. A thermometer just reacts to what is going on. A thermostat, on the other hand, will already be working hard to change that temperature. It will take control of that, of that temp. It'll decide what it needs to do to correct the situation and listen, if we all have in this place, and as you go out of this place, a thermostat attitude, proactively taking a part, taking responsibility, not letting any old thing wear any old thing that comes upon you. Do you know what could be possible? Amazing things can be possible. Because a thermometer comes and reads the room and it responds accordingly. A thermostat comes ready to change it. Like I'm coming in here and this, this is going to be powerful and amazing. I'm going to make sure that I lift my game, that I point for others so that the temp in this place and the places that I go will be con- conducive for God to move. Don't just come in wondering. I wonder what it's going to be like today. I wonder who's preaching this morning. I wonder, I wonder if it's Mark singing this morning. I don't know. I don't really like him or I don't, whatever it might be. I wonder, I wonder we all love you bro uh, but, but you know i wonder what the coffee's going to be like i just come with a how can i help attitude come here going man i can't wait to put my piece in this i can't wait to help shift this place so that when others come in who've never experienced god's goodness before they come into a place that is already warm already ready and god is already moving come early get on a team Sign up at the info desk. There's tons of things that need to be done. And let's get this place full of expectation. Be a thermostat, not a thermometer. You got it? Remember that one? Remember that next week, perhaps? All right. Anyone can gauge the temp of a room, but you have the ability to help change it. Do you want to reflect the environment around you? Or do you want to be the change that that environment needs? If you guys could just come up and and start playing it. As I said, I'm using our sort of Sunday services as the context here, as a bit of a pep talk for us as we, as we see others come in. But you can apply this to any environment. Just remember, I'm a thermostat, not a thermometer. Any place, any space. I first heard this, this analogy from um, actually Martin Luther King, believe it or not, and uh, in 1963, he writes a letter to the churches in his area. And he was desperately wanting to see, if you know the story of Martin Luther King, change and the apathy that was in the church. He'd be woken up to see the things that were going on around them, where he saw injustice and hatred and places where the enemy was controlling the atmosphere. He wrote a letter to the leaders, and it said this. Uh, Referring to the early church in scripture, he said, in those days the church was not merely a thermometer that recorded the ideas or principles of popular opinion, just measuring what was going on, you know, measuring how bad the world is right now. Oh, isn't it bad? Like, oh the government, oh, isn't it bad? Isn't it bad news? Bad. Not just measuring, not just recording popular opinion but it was a thermostat that transformed the mores or the norms of society. So not just in, in this space but in the spaces of society God is looking for you and I to, to not just to be able to identify when things are not right to not just grumble to one another or, or, or just say did you did you, did you did you what do you think of this or that thing? But a thermo- thermometer will just say, look at the world, you know, it's just going down the gurgler, things are getting worse, it's getting darker, It's, it's more evil, oh boy, it's bad. Can you see what's going on? A thermostat doesn't just see it and measure it, it understands it has the power to change it. Be a thermostat. Be a thermostat. In your marriage, be a thermostat. Initiate. Be proactive. Shift things. In your workplace, be Thermostat. Things may not be the way we'd like them to be. Don't just take a reading, people. Don't just take a measure. Actually change the way that it is. Let me finish this with this. The psalmist. He gives this thermostat call. King David in Psalm 23 verse 9. I don't think it's on there. No, it's not. It says this lift up you heads. Oh, you gates, lift up, you everlasting doors, that the King of glory shall come in. Lift up your heads. Come on, why don't we stand? Lift up your gates. Lift up, you everlasting ancient doors, that the King of glory shall come in. God, I thank you that every person representing our church Fano, here today, God, those who know what it is to walk with you i thank you for the privilege of carrying your spirit in us i thank you god that you're not in us you're not upon us just for our sake but you're upon us for the sake of the world you're upon us for the sake of others and and i pray as we as we establish ourselves here as a house of worship that god we would see you come And that we would see you do many mighty, mighty things. We would see you move. We would see you move on people. Transform people's lives. Shift things that have never been able to be shifted, God. We thank you for the possibilities of what can happen in a moment in your presence. Help us to be thermostats. Help us to, to regulate, to initiate, to be proactive, to lift the temperature, not just for ourselves, but for others. I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.